Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Namaste, Yoga Revealed podcast community. Have you been curious on how to expand your yoga off the mat and into the world? Today, we hear from the Give Back Yoga Foundation co-founder, Rob Schwer, who helps yoga teachers bring the practice to underserved populations. I think all of yoga in addressing the whole person, the mind, the body, the spirit, the heart, is all about finding it. That it varies for everyone. It's your purpose, it's your dharma. My it happens to be yoga service, and I love doing it, and I get joy from it, and it's continually rewarding. So whatever that it is, and it's different for you and everybody else, but find it. And the yoga practice is a, is a vehicle, is a methodology to do that. Open the possibilities of how yoga can heal the masses by getting our yoga out of the studios and into the lives of other populations who need it most. We are excited to highlight the Give Back Yoga Foundation on this insightful episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast with Rob Schwer. Enjoy. Namaste, Yoga Revealed podcast community. This is Alec Vishal Rubin, and uh, it is a pleasure to welcome you back to the podcast. So I'm here in beautiful Boulder, Colorado, and I want to take a moment to extend some true gratitude to you all. We launched in February, and we have had about 130,000 downloads and subscribers, and it has been such a privilege to not only for me and Andrew to sit across from some of the most inspired teachers and students and influencers in the yoga community, but also share this wisdom with you. We've been getting amazing feedback from you guys and we hope that you continue to carry forward on your path and practice and stay inspired. So today it is uh, such a pleasure to introduce a man named Rob Schweier. Uh, he, he founded the Give Back Yoga Foundation and I'm really excited to hear all about his journey and share it and learn about this foundation which allows yoga to become just so accessible in communities and spaces that may normally not have had the opportunity to taste yoga. So Rob, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule and meeting me and sharing your wisdom here at the Chautauqua House in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. Yeah, thank you, Alec. It's a pleasure to be here. And just by way of a first correction, I co-founded co the Give Back Yoga Foundation ah. with my yoga teacher, Beryl Bender Birch, who um, has been running the Hard and the Soft Yoga Institute for about 40 years. Wow, cool. Good to know. Well, if you wouldn't mind sharing with us, for those who don't know who you are or even the Give Back Yoga Foundation, can you tell us, A, how yoga revealed itself to you and perhaps a little synopsis of the stepping stones that allowed you to, well, maybe not allowed, but inspired you to create and co-found this foundation? So over 20 years ago, I uh, pulled my back out and um, I was taking uh, another 
course at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. And at the time, they offered lunchtime trial classes. And I remember going to a, a class there with Tim Miller, Beryl Bender Birch, and Tom Birch. And they were introducing people to Ashtanga Yoga. And I took this hour class, and I never looked back. It mm. was like that was my practice. I loved it so much. It was a complete, total body workout. And my back issues started to go away. And I was a senior telecom and information technology manager at the World Bank. I traveled probably every six weeks around the world. Uh, yoga kind of saved my work career in being able to travel long distances and work like that at a high-paced institution, doing good work in the world, in my opinion. And after... 23 years of doing this job and serving as an international civil servant, I called my yoga teacher, Beryl Bender Birch, from Washington, D.C. to New York City, and I said, Beryl, I want to give back to the yoga teachers who have done so much for me. How do I do that? And she said, as part of her 500-hour teacher certification program for the Hard and the Soft Yoga Institute, she required all students to do a give back project. They had to identify what they wanted to do in their community, they had to write it up, they had to present it, and actually do it. She said, why don't we take this concept of give back project and turn it into a nonprofit? That was the start of a nonprofit. Um, there was another story behind that too, Alec, uh, which is not so publicly known. And that is that I was, at the time, thinking of retiring and becoming a yoga teacher. <laughs> so I enrolled in a 300-hour Ashtanga yoga teacher training program. Mm. And I was 150 hours into the program when I woke up one Sunday morning. And I had this eureka moment. I turned to my dear wife, Alice, and I said, Alice... I'm not going to be a good yoga teacher. <laughs> I had so many doubts and fears in my life, and I was, you know, in my early 50s, and I thought, there's just too many young people who are entering this market. But it made me do some soul-searching as to what am I good at? What, what can I offer the yoga world that may not be teaching asana practice? So I did some inward searching, and I realized, whoa, I, um, I'm a pretty good networker. I raise money. I talk to ministers of finance and others all the time in my work. Um, I'm passionate about yoga. I want to do this work. Maybe I can bring these skills into the yoga world. And so uh, I've brought a lot of my management, my project management, my understanding of, of networking into the Give Back Yoga Foundation. And we're now coming into our 10th year. Uh, we started nine years ago on that phone call I mentioned. I think we, um, our first grant uh, was for $87, and we barely had that in our account, and now we're, we're approaching a million-dollar entity as a nonprofit. And I'm very proud to say bringing yoga to tens of thousands of unserved people who are healing from wars in Iran and Afghanistan who are dealing with um, prison sentences, um, cancer survivors, and people recovering from addictions and substance abuse and eating disorders. Wow. Those are the five programs that we support. But our mission has stayed the same since day one, and that is to support certified yoga teachers of all traditions who want to bring this practice and the benefits of yoga to unserved and underserved populations. Mm. So in addition to the five programs that we support, yoga for mindful yoga therapy for veterans, um, yoga for cancer, yoga for 12-step addiction, recovery, uh, eat, breathe, thrive, mm -hmm. and uh, the Prison Yoga Project, we support certified yoga teachers who mm. want to start programs all over the world. Mm. Um, and we try to serve as a Kickstarter um, for those yoga teachers. Mm -hmm. and, and the thing that we look for, Alec, is do you have a fire in your belly? Do you have a fire in your belly to serve? And that's the kind of um, notion and feeling that we get from someone who says, God damn it, I'm going to take my yoga 
off my mat and out of this studio and work in my community. Mm, that's huge. Wow, I've had so I have so much that's coming up. So, a Eat, Breathe, Thrive. She's amazing, Chelsea. She was on the podcast and I interviewed her, and that was like a wow, powerful conversation. Just as powerful, I feel this is going to be. So. Can you tell us about, A, the underserved population? Who is that and where are they? <clears throat> so we try to reach people who, who may not necessarily come to a, to a Boulder yoga studio. I mean, you know, and, and this started, our, our second project was with the Prison Yoga Project. James Fox, who is the founder and director of the Prison Yoga Project and whom you should interview, mm. um, was teaching yoga at San Quentin State Prison for about eight years. And his, his guys told him, look, when we're released, we're not going to live someplace like Boulder, Colorado, where there's a yoga studio at every corner, nor can we afford a $17 drop-in class. So um, they said, give us some, a book or something. So we worked with him for several months on, a, on a, a little book called Yoga, A Path for Healing and Recovery, which he wrote. And we published that book about seven years ago. We published a thousand copies of it, thinking prisoners, yoga, no, this is not going to be a demand product, you know. Within three or four months, we had 2,500 requests. Wow. We've now sent that book free to over 16,000 prisoners around the world. Wow. Around the world? Around the world. So um, that's an unserved population. Another unserved population are veterans. Um, you know, the Rand Institute conservatively estimates that 37% of veterans returning from 12 years of war in Iraq and Afghanistan will have some kind of trauma. It can be post-traumatic stress, PTS, it can be traumatic brain injury, TBI, depression, anxiety. Um, and of that 37%, eight to 10 family members are affected. So we've got, you do a little back of the envelope calculation, Alec, and you'll, you'll see that yeah, we're almost dealing with about a million people coming back from these wars who are facing some kind of trauma. Mm -hmm. And most of them are not going to readily go to a VA hospital um, and they're not going to show up at a yoga studio. So how do you reach them? Well, we published another book called Mindful Yoga Therapy. It's a toolkit for people who have trauma. And we've now sent that to about 20,000 veterans also around the world for free. Mm. So we try to reach people where they are, where they're at. Wow, what does that feel like to you to have, be a catalyst in jump-starting healing and the, I mean the, the, the process of healing and you know maybe oh God to, to reach so many people what does that feel like for you to be a catalyst in that I really don't think about it too much I have a, a morning practice uh, a few asanas and a meditation practice and at the end of the meditation practice, I ask a very simple question, how can I serve? Hmm. And the day seems to take its place after that. Everything unfolds. And a couple years ago, my wife, who's really my, my biggest supporter in, in the yoga world, she looked at me and she said, you know, Rob, you're a manifester in the yoga world. Why don't you claim that? Why don't you own it? Why don't you put that in your job title? <laughs> and I was a little embarrassed at first, but now I'm, I'm okay to own that. I manifest in the yoga world, and I love it. Absolutely love it. Do you manifest for others? Have you ever have you thought about that? Others outside of the yoga world? Outside of your world. Do you manifest greatness and healing and the opportunities that you've manifested for yourself in your yoga world and your world, do you do the same for others? Well, knowing that there is absolutely nothing within 10 feet of my existence that I have any control over, um, I try to practice and offer what I have learned and what I have experienced over the years mm. to my family, mm. to my friends. Mm 
and anyone I come in contact with. Nice, Rob. So earlier you said that you set, you do your best for those who have a, a light in their belly and, and you see this fire that's wanting to you know, ignite. And, and I think that fire is like, how, how can we serve, right? And, and when you see that in someone, how is it that you set the, the stepping stones for them? You set the platform for them to go off into the world. How do you help yoga teachers make the difference, get out of the studio and get into communities, get into underserved communities and help? How do you, how, how do you help them do that? What's that like? So at some point, this is my, this is my experience over nine years. At some point in a yoga teacher's career, it can be six weeks, six months, or six years, they will come to the realization that there's something more to teaching asana than working in a white upper middle class yoga studio. And then they begin to search inside themselves, what is that? Is that teaching yoga to my aunt and uncle, my cousins, my family, my kids, or is it doing something in the community and is it yoga related or not and when they want to take the plunge and start working with a particular unserved population they find us because we offer some of the best trainings empirically informed and clinically tested trainings for working with these specific populations mm -hmm. and then after you take these intensive trainings a couple things happen. You, you learn not to do any harm with the population you're working with. Um, and you develop a kind of sangha, a group of people who are interested in working with that same community. And you pick up through them, um, how did you approach that warden? Um, we offer, you know, we, we help teachers get that first little push. And then usually when they start a yoga program someplace, uh, they, need, <clears throat> they need supplies. They need yoga mats. And we have a marvelous partnership with Gaia, mm. Fitness for Life, uh, now, which is generously providing us with over 3,000 yoga mats a year wow. to distribute around the world um, to our programs and to teachers who request them. Wow. What uh, states or what countries <clears throat> hold the, like, top uh, tier of programs like where, where are you guys we're all over the country amazing yeah like major cities i mean la boulder new york chicago seattle i'm glad you consider boulder a major city <laughs> I, I mean i love boulder so <laughs> it's a major city in my life how about that <laughs> where across the world are you um, Peru, Ecuador, um, Afghanistan, wow. and also we've brought our mindful yoga therapy program to the West Bank. Hmm. Um, about a year and a half ago, we brought three yoga teachers over to Ramallah, and we trained probably 30, 35 um, counselors and yoga teachers on stress management and trauma-informed yoga. So when you say trainings, you know, I think that out of the out of the listeners who have taken trainings before, majority would be, you know, the 200 hour, 300 hour, 500 hour training and they're learning the lineage and the practice and they're learning the art of teaching, right? And in this form of training, you know, I remember talking to Chelsea Roth with Eat, Breathe, Thrive and she was telling me all about her trainings and I kind of got a feel of, you know, what she's offering in her training. Can you give us like a little like breakdown of what you're offering in your trainings, because I'd imagine there's different trainings for uh, eating disorders, if that's what you have. There's different trainings for uh, prison uh, prison individuals, and, and then uh, veterans, and you know I'm sure the list kind of varies, does it not? Between each train, or is it pretty universal? No, it, it certainly varies, and I encourage anyone who wants to explore this further to actually go to the websites mm. of these programs that are under the Give Back Yoga Foundation. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the Prison Yoga Project is one. Mm -hmm. Eat, Breathe, Thrive, Yoga of 12-Step with Nikki Myers, um, Yoga for Cancer Survivors with Tari Prinster, and uh, mindful yoga therapy, and within and those, they're, they're all they're all different. What 
unites them is that in working with those specific populations, they've risen to the top in terms of quality and integrity. And they're all empirically informed and clinically tested. Hmm. So we know that these are the programs that <clears throat> are becoming mainstreamed in outside of the yoga world. Hmm. I feel like it's an incredible thing to add into, I don't even want to type it in like the resume, but like the resume of the heart and the resume of the mind and that which uh, a yoga teacher can hold for in other individuals. I think that taking trainings outside of, you know, a very focused asana training, you know, like this seems to me to be a much more like psychological training, if you will, I suppose. I think it keeps going back to what's the fire in your belly, Alec. Mm. And I have been running a blog on the Huffington Post called Yoga, How Can I Serve? I've interviewed about 100 yoga teachers around the world who are taking their yoga off the mat mm. and doing incredible things. And one of, the, one of the common threads in each of those interviews is that hour and a half to three hours every week of service is the most meaningful part of their teaching. Hmm. So they're getting fed, they're getting fueled by this, and they're learning all the time. Hmm. They're learning about themselves, they're learning about the world, they're growing, hmm. and they're always very humble and deeply appreciative hmm. of the opportunity to be of service. Hmm. So what is yoga to you today? Before this interview, you said we'd ask some simple questions. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of yoga in addressing the whole person, the mind, the body, the spirit, the heart, is all about finding it. That it varies for everyone. It's your purpose, it's your dharma. My it happens to be yoga service, and I love doing it, and I get joy from it, and it's continually rewarding. So whatever that it is, and it's different for you and everybody else, but find it. Hmm. And the yoga practice is a, is a vehicle, is a methodology to do that. Mm. What would you say if an individual in this practice feels stagnant? What kind of steps can we take to mm, get out of that stuckness and, and continue to cultivate the fire in our, in our heart, the fire in our belly? I think we all get stuck at certain points in our life. Sometimes we need a push. Um, many of the men that I work with now usually need a breakup of a relationship or something, a big 16-foot 4x4 to whack them over the head and wake them up and get them out of their stagnation and their patterns. I think what you're talking about is being locked into certain patterns and not mm. being able to get out of them, mm. behavioral-wise. Um, and it's different for everyone. We all get woken up. I mean, the, the, our journey here is to wake up. Hmm. And whatever that is that, that can help us do that, then I'm all for it. Hmm. Hmm. Nice. I, I agree with that. When you said that, it brought me back to an interview I did a, a few months ago with Richard and Mary. And, you know, Richard had said, so humbly and kind, you know, it doesn't matter what style or lineage or tradition of yoga you're practicing. The, the common goal is wake up. Well, that's why I said I repeated that, that mission statement. Yeah. Our mission is to support certified yoga teachers of all traditions. We don't care I love that. what style it is. Mm. It's all the same. Mm. Mm. So even uh, right in your intro to yourself, you worked for the World Bank. And uh, something came up for me I wanted to ask before we get too far deep into the Give Back Yoga Foundation. For those of our listeners who maybe have a nine to five, you know, boom, boom, boom. They're, they're on that daily flow, which I imagine you are on at the World Bank. I don't even, I, 
can't fathom. I truly have no idea what that world is nine like. Nine to nine. Nine to nine. I have no idea. How did and how does yoga aid that grind, that, that daily, all-day workflow? How did yoga help you at that time in your life? Or how can yoga help those who are in that now de-stress or just find a little more gusto? So I traveled extensively. Hmm. I traveled every six weeks around the world. I've worked in India, Indonesia, Turkey, the Eastern Caribbean, Africa, a lot of countries. And you can practice yoga any place. You can take your mat any place. And I had a marvelous opportunity to practice in an unlikely place years ago when I was working for the World Bank. I traveled from Burkina Faso to, um, to Paris and then onward to Washington, D.C. We stopped in Paris, Charles de Gaulle Airport. It was the middle of the night, maybe 3 or 4 a.m. And my flight wasn't departing until about 11 or 12 o'clock the next day. So I meandered down to the end of a concourse. <coughs> Nobody was there. I took my bags and I put them on, my, on a chair, a plastic, orange plastic chair. And I took my shoes off and I rolled out my yoga mat. And I proceeded to do my Ashtanga primary series. <laughs> and slowly, slowly, I saw a gentleman walking down the concourse. And he kept walking towards me. And the concourse was entirely empty. And I thought this was rather strange. So he proceeded to sit down next to my, my carry-ons. And he took off his shoes. And he rolled out his prayer mat. He was a Muslim doing his morning prayers before dawn. And the next thing I knew, I looked over and I saw another Muslim walking towards us. And he rolled out his prayer mat, took off his shoes, and started doing his prayers. And there the three of us were in the most unlikely place in the world, practicing our practices. Mm. And so while I'm, you know, doing my ujjayi breath, <laughs> my mind is going all over the place. You know, my mind is wandering to, wow, this practice is serving the three of us in our daily lives. And possibly my mind then even meandered further out, as, as that monkey mind does, mm -hmm. to the possibility that, that maybe there really is some intrinsic commonality in us. And this practice of the three of us is showing that we're all brothers. Mm. We're all breathing together. We're all saying prayers together. And it was one of the best yoga classes I've ever taken. And in one of the most unlikely places. So to get back to your question, um, you know, you can practice yoga any place and find an opportunity to do it in your office, in the airport. Mm. Airports now have meditation and, and yoga centers mm -hmm. available. I've practiced yoga in the chapel in Amsterdam Airport. <laughs> wow, that is quite an amazing story, Prof. <laughs> That's really cool. That I think that I just got the chills, like listening to that and visualizing that, imagining. God, I practice my story every day, so you know the primary series in an airport, which I've done as well, is, is uh, it's it's grounding <laughs> when you got a log log layover. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> you know airports are strange places. I mean, it's just full of strangers, you know, <laughs> and to find commonality in a practice with even three people there was to me uh, just a, a sweet, sweet moment that allowed me to get back on that flight. So in the illusion of our separation that we may feel walking around in the day, you know, where are our reminders in this practice that we are all connected? You know, I think that I have moments of my own delusion when I'm like, oh, I'm different in this way. And then like, you know, I'm able to drop back into some, 
unifying theme that yoga teaches that we are all connected, but you know, how can we continue to wake up to that? I think again, it, the returning, uh, uh, circulation is that it's coming back to the bell, the light and how can we serve? But I'm curious what arises for you. When I started yoga, I realized that I was feeling more connected to my body Mm. and I was getting out of my mind and my mind really goes fast and far away. And I was able to still and quiet my mind a little bit more and get in touch with my body. And as I did that, I also began to get in touch with Mother, Mother Earth. Mm. And then I could start getting in touch with the people next to me on the yoga mat and just keep extending that out and out to other people. What you and I, we're different. Mm -hmm. We have our differences. We have our egos. We breathe. We're men. We face the same issues, believe me. So when you focus more on that commonality thread, you really see that that we are in common. We have a lot of Mm -hmm. things in common. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. So tapping back into the Give Back Yoga Foundation, what are some of the bigger partners that you have and how do those partners support the Give Back Yoga Foundation? We have an amazing number of partners. Uh, we have hundreds of studios mm. around the country who will be doing a donation class this November called Give Back Yoga Day where we're raising money for our programs. We have yoga teachers around the world who are spreading the word about the Give Back Yoga Foundation. We have family foundations who support us. We have some key corporate sponsors, I would say. Gaim, which is now Fitness for Life, and Lululemon's new Here to Be program. And I would say that the most outstanding characteristic I've found in large corporations that support us is they don't want anything in return. Mm. They see what we do and they just want us to keep doing it. Mm. So when you say that, something comes up for me. And I find that, you know, um, I've only been in this practice for five and a half years. You know, I'm, I'm a baby in the, in the industry and in life. And uh, I, I, I truly humbly say that. And when I see so many of my peers who teach yoga here in Boulder and over in L.A., uh, there's this perhaps a struggle of, you know, this is what they're trying to do full time and how they're making money teaching yoga. But then there's this other kind of paradox that's, well... If your heart's in it, you know, more and more, I believe that if my heart's in what I'm doing, then I will be supported as like Shanti Shanti woo woo as that can be. But then there is the reality where these things cost money. You know, this mic costs money and this uh, nourishment of juice, it costs money so I can fuel myself. And whether I made that from teaching class or this or that, um, you know, I think that's awesome that the larger corporations support you with nothing in re- with no expectation in return. What would you say to the yoga teachers who are on this path, hopefully for the long run, to a practice for the long run, you know, and in turn, you know, teach in the long run? What would you, what would you have to offer? I think it's a volatile topic. A little bit. I can only share my experience. Sure. And when I started the Give Back Yoga Foundation with Beryl Bender Birch, I was a banker. I was a development banker, and I was a a householder. I have three wonderful children. Um, They had to go to school. Um, Started this nonprofit, and within the first couple months, we received an invoice for a flyer that we produced. It's for $250. And I looked in the bank account, and we didn't have that. So I called Beryl, and I said, Beryl, we have a little problem here. 
we need to pay this invoice and we don't have enough money to do it. And she said to me, Rob, trust the universe. If you're doing good work, the universe will take care of you. Mm. Alec, I have to be quite honest with you. I nearly threw up. I nearly hung up the phone. <laughs> I managed a lot of money. I managed my household. And here my yoga teacher was saying, Rob, there's no practical advice I have for you to, to pay this invoice. Um, you know, she didn't say, go have a bake sale. She said, trust the universe. <laughs> oh, God. And that, I thought, was the end of the Give Back Yoga Foundation. Oh, man. And the next day, we received a $350 PayPal donation from Germany. And I called her up, and I told her about that, and she said, trust the universe. If you're doing good work, you'll be supported. And that began a journey for me around the energy of money. And I have struggled with that. My mother was a depression child, very needy, very um, determined to keep the family in place with a little money. So I have that, that thread, that samskara in me. Mm. And I've struggled around this notion of money, but learned so much from working in the yoga world and paying attention to that notion of trust. Trust the universe. If you're doing good work, you'll be taken care of. And that has manifested itself for me for the past nine years. And I would say that my relationship with money has changed too. When, um, after about two years of running the Give Back Yoga Foundation, I was feeling tired, Alec. I was feeling tired asking for money, mm. putting my hand out all the time for people, saying, give me, give me, give me. That energy was tiresome. So the board of the Give Back Yoga Foundation had a discussion around the energy of money, and we decided to stop asking. We decided, we decided to start saying thanks, expressing gratitude. That's a totally different energy. I can thank you, Alec, for 24-7 for what you're doing, how you're bringing this to so many people. You're just doing incredible work. You're devoted to it. It's growing. It's showing you what you can do in the world, and you're, 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 you're manifesting. And it's a completely different energy. So I'm just very humbled to have been taught uh, to trust that. That's my experience. Thank you. No, I love that. So in the experience of trust, which I think is a very uh, visceral, inner vision-based characteristic concept that takes time, I think. You know, sometimes it's like, you know, I mean, before yoga was in my life, before I was practicing, it was like, oh, one thing after another, curveball and just baseball bat, and oh, I gotta catch that ball way over here to not see that coming, and now my world's upside down, you know? And, and when those are just like coming at you, coming at you hard, thankfully, I find with yoga, there's a level of acceptance and, you know, practicing that with that which is arising and that which is being confronted uh, in front of us, you know? But can you, can you speak to uh, cultivating trust and how we can cultivate trust in our life? I also believe that trusting the universe is, has been one of the greatest things that have brought uh, the greatest gifts and blessings has allowed my life to be abundant. How do we cultivate trust? I don't want to get too woo-woo here. Sure, Alan. sure, sure, totally. There's a practical aspect about this, and that is don't give up your day job you know, until you're ready. There's nothing wrong with the salary either. I have come across many yoga teachers who are working in county jails, um, homes for the homeless, and they'll say to me, you know, I love doing this work, but my significant other, my husband, has said to me, we can't pay our mortgage, you need to get a job. And there, there's a reality about all of that. 
Um, there's a time to serve, and maybe there's you need to wait. So trust that element as well, and listen to it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Thank you. Hmm. And moving forward, um, I kind of like to know a little more about your teacher. What was her name, or his or her name, Beryl? Her name is Beryl Bender Birch. Can you tell us more about her? Beryl has written four books, um, Power Yoga, Beyond Power Yoga, Yoga for Warriors. Mm. She has taught over 100,000 people yoga. She started the Hard and the Soft Yoga Institute in New York. She taught the Colorado ski team back in 1976 in Fraser, Colorado. She taught the New York Runners Club, the New York Ballet Yoga, um, and she's based in Great Barrington, Massachusetts. And what was her lineage? Ashtanga. Ashtanga. Did she practice with Patabi Joyce? She did. That's amazing. Did you get to practice with Patabi Joyce? I did. That's a gift. Yes and no. Yes and no. <laughs> I lived in India for a year mm. and while I was there I went to Mysore mm-hmm. to have an interview with Patabi wow. and I did that and I nearly got killed on the road going from Bangalore to Mysore and I had the interview and up until that interview, and I had, I had taken workshops with Patabi Joyce in the United States. Up until that time, I had a glorification of Patabi, hmm. the guru, the lead guru. And after that interview, I walked away feeling like he's, he's, a, he's an, another human being. He's another brother mm-hmm. on the path. Hmm. And uh, that was a key moment for me because I nearly had this accident which scared the hell out of me. The taxi went right off the road. And um, I had this realization that, you know, gurus are human beings, just like me. Mm-hmm. Never forget working at the World Bank with um, the Minister of Finance in, in a small island called Mauritius, Alec. And we were out to lunch, and we were talking about our families. And uh, we were talking about changing diapers and uh, I just became keenly aware that here's someone in a very powerful position in a country who's a husband, a father, a householder and a very powerful minister of finance and there we were talking about changing diapers for a decade. He had three kids, I had three kids. Wow. That's an interesting conversation for a very powerful man, a man in power. <laughs> That's cool. And um, continuing the conversation with Batabi Joyce, I'm curious, what was that interview like? What did you talk about? Oh, I think I asked him how he, he got started in this. Um, I had some issues that I was working on myself, so I asked for some personal advice on that. Mm-hmm. And um, it was it was a, only forty five minutes worthwhile interview. Hmm. In many ways, hmm. I'll be going to Bangalore myself for two months in about a month and a half. So hopefully, I will not be in that taxi, <laughs> and I will not experience that. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Very nice. Well, Rob, in uh, just a few more questions. Uh, so, with the Give Back Yoga Foundation, what? Would you hope to, what kind of seeds would you hope to plant in our listeners as to why, you know, if they already don't have a why, maybe they should just consider taking a, a, a new, another training that would serve underserved populations? Like, what is it about the value of getting out of the studio? You know, can you, can you share some further thoughts on, on, why, on why, why we should as yoga practitioners and yoga teachers continue to, to navigate the good and the benefit that yoga has brought into our lives? and share that with underserved populations, which, you know, could involve 
taking trainings that teach how to serve underserved populations. Alec, I brought I brought a couple quotes from the beneficiaries of our program. Beautiful, please. Do you mind if I, I read two of them? Yes, please. The reason is, don't take it from me. Hmm. Um, go to the beneficiaries of our programs. This is um, a man named Michael. He's an Air Force veteran who's become a yoga teacher. Here's his personal thank you for the support that we've provided him in coping with chronic pain and stress. Mm. Quote, it doesn't matter how long you've been struggling or suffering, you can bring an end to it. And to bring that suffering to an end, you can start on your mat. That's where it all started for me. Mm. Here's another quote from JB. He's he's an inmate uh, and he's a prison yoga project participant. JB says, after six months of yoga, I'm now beginning to live in the present. Yoga has opened up my soul to receive what the other classes are teaching, making them really work for me. For myself, I have to say that yoga is the key to my learning and changing. That is going to keep me out of prison and once again, be a productive member of society. And we get stories like this every day. So those, to me, are the inspirational fuel to serve. Mm. Nice. Wow. It's been amazing. It's amazing just to, A, be in the presence of someone who's been just a very clear uh, channel of not only manifesting, but creating and sharing a shared vision of how you can serve humanity and serve multiple populations and inspire. Increasingly, Alec, I've found that there's a a growing number of people who become yoga teachers and don't necessarily teach asana. Mm. And the yoga world can benefit enormously from the gifts of professionals who are skilled marketers, lawyers, accountants, who are bringing their 20 to 40 years of professional experience to the yoga world and and helping us reach unserved populations. Mm. You don't have to teach asana to serve. Beautiful. Nice. Last question. What would be one, maybe two, and if you're really inspired, three, but give us a nugget, a golden nugget that uh, you would like to share in your experience to our listeners, to teachers, to the human beings listening to Yoga Revealed podcast today. Follow the Give Back Yoga Foundation. I'm proud to say we're doing some really solid work in the world. And the reason to follow us is we have some exciting new initiatives coming out. Mm. And one that I'm really excited about is called the Yoga Readiness Initiative. The Yoga Readiness Initiative. We've been working with with veterans uh, for six or seven years now. And we decided last October to begin working with active duty military service men and women. So we're now bringing yoga and a yoga readiness kit and yoga teachers to military bases around the world. And we're also addressing a very unserved population, which are the families of veterans and the families of service members. So you can go online to Give Back Yoga, www.givebackyoga.org, and download free meditations. And we make those available freely on our website. Very beautiful. That's awesome. Free meditations are huge for, for under, and these are free meditations for underserved populations? Correct. Wow. Very cool. We'll check that out. So can I go and serve now? <laughs> yes, I believe we can. Well, Rob, thank you so much for sharing with us your humble heart and this amazing vision of the Give Back Yoga Foundation. Pleasure. Thank you. Much love. Thank you all for opening your minds and hearts and hearing from Rob Schwer. 
co-founder of the Give Back Yoga Foundation. If you feel inspired to drop into a training and learn how to offer yoga to the underserved populations in the world, check out givebackyoga.org and get involved. It is so amazing how this nonprofit is sharing yoga throughout the entire world. Be sure to leave Yoga Revealed a review on iTunes because we appreciate it so much and it helps us keep creating content to share with you. Until next time, namaste and love life, my friends. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 